Welcome back to Live Lunch. It's been too long. Too long. I was going to say we lost in Live Lunch in March when we were at the Clarendon Villas with yeah. Joel, me and Megan. And so much has happened since, but we only have 20 minutes. So let's get into things. Um, Matt, you've just literally come off the, the, ple- the preaching the wooden, block, block. wooden block situation. <laughs> I was going to say, what's the word that they use? Um, pulpit. The pulpit. Matt's just come off the pulpit. Um, <laughs> We've got the budget lunch situation. We've got coffees. We've got brioche buns. We've got the wonderful Christine uh, with us. Matt, new sermon series called Story, uh, going through the book of Exodus, the the journey of the Israelites from Egypt to the promised land. Do you want to do a quick two-minute summary on the um, preach so far? Yeah, I can do. Yeah, so we're, this story series... In fact, just by sort of by way of introduction and, and, and particularly uh, introducing Christine here as well, um, because we have kind of used this material in small groups for a number of number of years, going through Exodus to see how God brings about change in our lives. And so Christine and I have been working on that uh, material, and um, we've we've seen it transform people's lives in in a small group setting. And so this is the first time we've done it as a preaching series for the whole church. So it's really exciting to journey through together. And so uh, this morning I was just kind of introducing Introducing this idea of change, transformation, the way that God does that, the way that God brings it about, how that it's something that Jesus wants to do to make us like Himself, to transform us, and uh, and that kind of sometimes comes in conflict with what we want God to do, um, but it's tremendously good news for us, and it means that whatever circumstance we're in, and whatever we face and have faced in life, there is hope because actually Jesus is at work in us by uh, his spirit. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's what we, we started off with uh, this week. And then next week, we'll actually get into the, the text of Exodus, Exodus chapter 1, next week, and, and take it from there. Brilliant. So we've put on a few questions, uh, which will really help us unpack the preach a little bit more. How can we practically apply the sermon what we've just heard earlier this morning? Maybe if you're in a small group, uh, some of these conversations that you could have. We hope that this will help facilitate conversation during your small group um but just before we get into some of the practical questions mm-hmm. just the whole desire for change you know the, the last episode of lock, of uh, live lunch that we did pre-lockdown we kind of you know hey i mean we had no clue of what was coming our way we just thought you know, it was a, good, a couple of weeks of lockdown and then we're we're back out um let's set down some some goals and some things that we could do during this lockdown to make the most of the time and i don't know about you but I haven't done anything that I sat down to do. <laughs> Lockdown just overwhelmed me. And just the Christine season that we're in is just pretty full. Christine has. Um, but, but I guess why the human desire for change and, and I guess to evolve mm. when we can just be content with where we are. I think it's really coming from a place of I'm tired. Um, lockdown ha- and this season has been really hard. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to think about something new. So hit me with it, mate. Why, why? Well, I think we will feel that desire for for change, um, whether whether we're Christians or not. And as I said in, in the, the message, the sermon this morning, it's like some of us are very proactive with that, and some of us are very passive with that. Oh, we'd like things to change, but um, I think, well, Christian, you can you can say as well. I think it's it's something to do with the fact that we're made in the image of God. We're made made for more. I don't know if you want to say any more, more on that. Yeah, I think that. Um 
you know, bef- before the fall, um, everything was great and uh, the fall happened. And because of that, we've, we just have that sense there's something missing. There's something missing in our lives. We, we haven't got that good place. We haven't got that good relationship with God. But some of us aren't even aware that that's what it is. It just um, evidences itself as a kind of just kind of longing yeah. and a kind of emptiness that we just want something to be different yeah yeah shall I go through some questions that we got for our groups and that sort of thing so let me let me do the questions and then we can carry on the conversation I suppose Um, the first question I kind of was talking about was like that that thing we've just been talking about really we have that desire for change that could be a sort of very big existential thing it could be a very sort of small sort of change project thing and I wonder if people in groups want to talk about the change projects the things that we have embarked upon to improve ourselves um, whether that's that couch to 5k or like a home building project or you know DIY or I'm going to read these books or whatever uh, that's something to discuss and then also the message I was talking about uh, the, the, the gap we all like this is this is uh, where we're at and this is what we'd like our life to be and really maybe for discussion about you know um, how do you uh, relate to the God if, if you're um, if you're a Christian like how do, how do you manage that do you get frustrated with God about that or not and then thirdly you know what areas the of your life coming down <laughs> <laughs> what areas of your life would you like to see uh, God transform in you so that's the, that's the question of the discussion um, Christian you've got a, a good example of a, a change project that you've been embarking on over the I've got two months. actually but um, uh, when when lockdown began and well previously I hadn't been somebody who did any exercise other than just walking to work and um, with the phenomena that is Joe Wicks I saw you uh, on that every day I, well, yeah I saw families in the church doing it and I thought oh well I'll, I'll do this it was a bit of a laugh really but actually I'm still doing Joe Wicks wow. every day it's every day five, well five days a week I do a Joe Wicks exercise plan wow. for yeah. the last six months yeah that was another one of those things I started and stopped really <laughs> there you <laughs> really go quickly yeah and the other thing is I decided to learn Hebrew so I've been doing a bit of that every day as well which is a lot tougher than the exercise <laughs> Different kind of tough. Yeah, yeah, different kind of tough. <laughs> maybe you could do the Joe Wicks commentary in Hebrew. Well, maybe Every one day. Mm. One day. What about you, Matt? Have you done the anything? Thing is, when I described in the sermon about like different types of people, it may be surprising to some people, but I'm not that person that is like massively goal orientated. So I was kind of think of trying to think of examples for myself, and I do kind of start stuff. And I do very slowly follow through. I suppose in my garden would be one of those things Carves Garden follow Matt Carvel at Carves Garden if you you do follow me on Instagram you'll notice not much has happened for quite a long time because it kind of starts and then it goes down for a while and then it just keeps it's in my mind but the actual practicality of actually bringing the change to transform my garden into what it could be is uh, slow. Hmm. <laughs> we do we do strength finders, and um, one of my top strengths is an activator. So I like to start stuff, yeah. oh, right, but okay. I'm really poor at finishing. Yeah. So achiever is not high up. So starting stuff is more exciting than actually yeah. finishing it. My yeah. wife Amy is, is the opposite. So she's an achiever. Yeah. So she would take time to start stuff, but when she does start something, man, she will see yeah. it through the end and do an amazing job with it. Yeah. Well, I recently joined a gym. Um, ben Watson, Total Fit. Ben and Felicity Watson actually. Yeah. Uh, they do. You're in this building. Hey, the square's gone. And it's been replaced with a gym. Yeah. So I've been on an emotional journey oh, uh, wow. through lockdown. Uh, the wonderful coffee shop that I helped start is gone. But we've uh, been replaced by an even more wonderful gym and training. And so I am hoping to lose my gut. Um, <laughs> you enjoying it so far? It's or been pretty brutal. It's pretty brutal, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is a good thing. Yeah. 
So I wouldn't use the word enjoying, but yeah, I feel yeah. a sense of satisfaction later on in the day when my body has adequately mm. recovered. But There's yeah, a that's what I'm doing. Of, of self-righteousness that comes when you have a really good workout. Do you know I find that? I find that. You just sit there and think, I've done a workout this morning. And you guys have Is that just a Matt Carvin personality that's thing? That I'm feeling self-righteous? <laughs> but the rare times so. that I do go for a run in the morning, that comes to mind. But we should crack on. Anyway. Um, yep. yeah. So the next, uh, <laughs> next question that you spoke about was um, what ways have you felt a gap between what your life is and what you would like it to be? Mm. There's some examples. Um, and then what would you encourage people who are feeling there's a real sense of gap in where I want to be? How can we bridge this gap? Yeah, I think because I think many times, as I say, when we've done this material in small groups and that sort of thing and pe different people sharing their story, I think that's a common thing of just getting stuck. You know, I think sometimes when you become a Christian, you can feel that you make a lot of progress quite quickly, you know, like, the, and the note, the transformation between what you were and what you are now is quite stark sometimes. Um, but then you get a few years or even decades down the line and it's like, well, you look back, am I really changing? <laughs> can I really detect this? And then I think that's when the sort of discouragement you know can start to, to creep in and i think partly that's because you know part of the being becoming more like jesus is being more aware of our sin and our weakness and i think that can is a good thing but it can feel like a discouraging thing i know i've experienced that uh, i guess life, our, our threshold for sin mm. goes really the way in which you just get super particular about it so yeah, yeah, what yeah. was considered acceptable and all right before you be, before yeah, you even Christian, yeah. now suddenly seems uh, the bar kind of raises significantly higher. Yeah, um, yeah. which is why I'm really aware of. Yeah, of changing I, I think that um, people can get uh, very discouraged and uh, sometimes disappointed, feel that maybe God hasn't answered their prayers. Mm. Those are kind of things that get people get stuck in those areas, having a a wrong view of God. You know, um, at the beginning, you know, we're full of love for Jesus, but sometimes we pick up stuff that's not true about God and yeah. we don't see him as a father who loves us. So then we feel that we have to please him and we can get into all sorts of things like legalistic behavior. I've got to do this so that God will do this. And it's not a bargain, bargaining mm. situation. God gives us everything we need for life and godliness, but we can get into that and we take ourselves off on a bit of a tangent, really. And... Um, I, I think the other thing is that we don't only listen to lies about God, but we also listen to lies about ourselves. So if we have got a tape running in our head that's saying I'm no good, for example, yeah. or God doesn't love me, then it's really difficult to move forward with God and to actually relate to him about the things that we want him to change if we don't feel like he is that loving father who wants mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. you know, be actively involved in our lives. Yeah. yeah, just on the topic of that, um, an amazing, amazing book that I read during lockdown, Gentle and Lowly. Mm. Who, uh, well, I don't get Christian started on that. It is, isn't it? It's phenomenal. <laughs> Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Dane Ortland. Dane Ortland. Stop what you're doing right now, including watching Live Lunch, and go, go and, and read get it. Gentle yeah. and Lowly. It is an extraordinary book. Yeah. And it yeah. really helps you. It just changes your perspective on who God is. And it's called Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of God Towards Sinners yes. and Sufferers. Mm. Yes. Um, and just speaks such truth about yeah. who God is yeah. 
and his love and his his heart for for people is mind-blowing. I I think the really big thing about that book is that it says that rather than our sin repelling Jesus, Mm. yes, absolutely, he's drawn to our sin because he wants to help us and he wants to to be with us in it. Like a doctor to a patient, so helps Mm. all that Mm. stuff, doesn't it? About I'm not good enough and all that sort of thing. He actually wants Mm. to be with us and help us because he's been through it. And he empathises with us. And I could go on about that, but I think it's amazing. It's, it's great. It's great. Yeah, and I think that's similar to what we were saying in the sermon as well. Like, we have a, we have a view that w- what's God doing in my life? Like God, just, God wants me to be better, and he's kind of waiting for me to improve myself and be better, rather than seeing that what God wants to do, like what God is doing in our lives, is, is transforming us. And actually, sin's not a problem for God. He's dealt with that with Jesus, and so actually bringing that to him, coming back to him, saying, "God, what are you doing? Let me follow you." Um, what would yeah. you say? I think just to learn, just going a bit deeper into what you just said. So, so if somebody is is in a moment of just feeling vulnerable, feeling, man, there's such a gap in my life. I'm clearly not. Though this behavior, or this pattern, or this unanswered prayer, is is causing like a gap in my relationship with Jesus. In that moment, what would you advise them to do? Uh, Look to the Psalms. See what David did. He'd committed the terrible sin, hadn't he? And what does he do? He pours it out to God. Just start pouring it out to God. And I mean all the mucky stuff. I think sometimes we pretty up what we want to say to God and we make it refined. But actually what we need to do is just bear our hearts to him and start talking about it with him. Because if God wants to, which he does, wants to transform our hearts, then we, it begins with us being honest with our hearts as well yeah. and saying where we are. Sometimes we, you know, for reasons that we've already kind of touched on, want to sort of present a front to God mm. and say, you know, okay, God, but not actually bring our hearts to him. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, yeah, that's, that, that's, where it, that's where it starts. Yeah, I think also we do need hope because it's hard, isn't it, yeah. when we feel like things haven't gone right and, and we need to think again about remind ourselves of the good things that God has already done because that's, again, something that we do see in the Psalms a lot is repeating the story of what God's done so we see what his character's like and what his works have been like and, and think about that for our own story. What has he already done? Because that inspires faith in us to hope for more, doesn't it? And I think sometimes we can get locked into this, oh, nothing ever happens, nothing's going to change. But actually, the biggest change of all has already happened in our lives. We've been set free from the power of sin and death. And that, you know, I think we just lose sight of that, actually. Yeah, the other thing I was going to say as well is, I've recognised in my life, we live in a very fast-paced world. And we want change to happen in terms of days and weeks. Yeah. And I recognize in my life, God tends to be more patient. And he brings change about us in months and years and decades. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what his timescale is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we're in those days and weeks, we say, God, just get me out of this. But actually, when we look back, and similar to what Christine said about re- reminding ourselves what God has done. Okay, but, he, you know, it doesn't feel like God's done much this week. But look at what God's done over mm-hmm. the last month year yeah. like where were you before what's he done and sometimes taking stock of that yeah. gives us that perspective that god is working but when we're so close in zoomed in yeah. we, we can't quite see it but when we zoom out yeah. there's a huge thing and i think any anyone who's been a christian any length of time will recognize that actually god has done a lot over decades um but we might not see it in yeah. a, on a certain day perhaps his timing is perfect 
at the right time stuff will happen yeah i think also just to say uh, we're not meant to go through these struggles by ourselves we're meant to be in community yes. so please Absolutely. talk to your small group talk to your small group leader uh, just keep just talk uh, and people will encourage you so yeah i think last question before we need to wind up um the question you asked is which and i think this is a conversation for your small group which areas of your life would you like to see jesus transform you but i think uh, other than just the immediate answers how do you identify what areas in life you need transformation in or are there just blind spots that you may have or mm. really what are we looking at to say hey i'm not there yet. that's there's a gap and how can i how can i help identify what those areas are in my life that i could grow in yeah i think i think um there's a number of things you can say on that i think it's partly what you just said then about being in community sometimes we don't recognize and and what with this even talking about story the temptation might be to become very introspective and what's my story about and what's god doing that sort of thing and i think actually often these things are worked out i mean even the things that i was talking about sort of the reflections that i had in in my life about what's God doing that my comfort not being as high on God's priority list that has come out in me by me talking with someone else about this is what I'm feeling this is why it's hard and even just externally processing that and being encouraged and and praying together and that sort of thing that reflection has come out through talking not it's not just me in in a room and revelation has suddenly come on to me it's actually happens in community so I think what discerning it happens when we journey with other people brilliant Well, we've got to finish now. Um, thanks so much for tuning in to Live Lunch. So good to have you guys back. Mm, it's um, great to be back. Bring us more food, man. We need uh, <laughs> next time. We need kokoro and things like that. Uh, but have a lovely um, day, week, and be blessed. See you later.